Sorry, I'm in a good mood. The fucking uh, Golden Knights have moved on to the second round of the playoffs. Hell yeah. I know you don't know anything about actual sports, even in your own hometown. Yeah. Well, you know, growing up, I would say in Vegas, probably one of the reasons that I am not into sports is because when I was growing up, there was really no sports. We had UNLV's basketball team that was right. not so good. But I always no, enjoyed going up to for the you, games. They were good at a certain point. I th- I I never paid attention because I never cared. I just wanted the I gigantic. I wanted the red vine and I wanted the hot dog. That's what I wanted. Right. And I got those things. Um. Yeah. I was always a fan of fake sports. Pro wrestling. Uh. Roller Har- derby. Uh, roller derby and the Harlem Globetrotters. And yeah, Harlem Globetrotter games. Yes. Hey everyone, welcome to Turnbuckle Boogie. I'm Timothy Styles. With me is uh, Cutthroat Cody Hancock. Indubitably. Oh, stop it's it. It's your we favorite to, word. We need to get you a new word. Nah, um, salacious. Well, we didn't prep. I just hit record and we're going right into it. Uh, for us, it's Friday night. Yes, sir. Uh, I think we're recording this during AEW Dynamite. So for you guys, it's time to Boogie. Anyway, so let's talk about um, refereeing. Yes. You know, what does it take? You know, here's an interesting thing. You know, there's people who probably want to get into the industry, but maybe they're not cut out to be a wrestler in for whatever reason. You know, there's there's roles as managers and there's roles as referees, as well as some other stuff I'm sure you can managers are sparing across the industry now. And I mean, and have been for a couple of decades, timekeepers, ring announcers, commentators, backstage interviewers. Um, There's, there's a number of different positions that you can take in professional wrestling without being an actual professional wrestler. Mm. But the referee is one of those things I was actually so surprised because there was a girl that signed up to the wrestling school um, that I saw uh, last Thursday and she's like, Oh no, I want to be a referee. And I'm like, Oh, thank fucking God. Because (laughs) you have a lot of people that they, they want to be a wrestler. They want to be a wrestler. And then even when I first started wrestling, I was so bad people were trying to convince me to be a referee because people just thought I was a nice guy. Right. And then there are some people who shout out to my good buddy, Austin Grimes, who came into FSW with the sole purpose of becoming a referee. And it's, it's a position that is not thanked. Um, sometimes not thank it's a thankless position. Yeah. Um, I should say, which is, 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 you know, it's sad because, you know, technically in every match, let's say a one-on-one match, there's three performers yes, sir. in that ring. And oftentimes, even though the referee, more times than not, isn't doing the bumping, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting. 
And oftentimes you will end up finding on the indies that there is an absolute lack of referees. I have seen there most referees are docking more hours on the indies than workers are in their matches. Mm -hmm. And I've seen people have to Iron Man shows, Iron Man referee shows, Austin Grimes. I've seen him Iron Man plenty of times. I have seen a gentleman named Joe Vernola out of Arizona. I watched him Iron Man, like, and you end up going back and you see him puking and rocks and stuff. And it's because, man, like, you're moving up and down. Granted, are you doing something as physical as the wrestlers? No. But you are still doing something very physical. You are. Uh, yeah, you are essentially running around and dropping down and getting up and dropping down and getting up and being very verbal. And, you know, there's it's a. A high intensity yes, position, absolutely, and and I mean the higher up you go, for the cats with the uh, what is it called the IED, the deal in the ear where they're talking yes. to the people in the back. Yes, yeah, that's a whole nother layer of you know you gotta uh, keep time, you know you're getting time cues and yep. all right we're going to commercial and you know wrap this up take it home you know and then there's important pivotal moments of matches that they have to remember and keep in consideration. When you are a wrestler, you oftentimes only have to remember one match. Sometimes you have to remember two. Mm -hmm. If it's a tournament scenario, you might have to remember three. The hardest part is, is that when you have a referee that has to remember aspects of five different matches mm -hmm. upwards to more than that. And thankfully, um, we do have uh, Ben Hall who helps with production with FSW. He's learning how to referee and he's kind of, it's trial by fire for him. He did a really good job tonight. There's times where we have to tell him like, Hey man, you should have done this instead of that. He's getting like on job, the train on the job training. Right. Cause once again, it's just an, it's an undesirable role. And, but even in WWE, some of the referees are workers and they I just get signed to contracts. I would argue that a line share of them are. Yes. And the reason why... I mean, back in the day, they were all workers. I don't think it was... It, they just happened to be people who were smaller, and that's a position that they could fit into. Yep. And know? when you actually do know how to work, and especially calling, um, if you are not... There's, not... there's people that don't know how to call, mm -hmm. right? And then if something goes wrong, somebody has to be there to fill that audible. Right. And if you have a situation where you have two talents that are um, still wet behind the ears, uh, they they might not be able to know how to navigate out of a situation, but you will oftentimes be placed with a referee that might be able to tell you like, hey, mm -hmm. like this is where you're at. And right. then all of a sudden, like it snaps back into place. And it's so silly to me because I remember – there was, I'm not going to name the person, but it was somebody that was a dear friend of mine. And it, there was a time that he had a referee that had a little bit of stature mm -hmm. and something went wrong in the match. And the referee tried calling a spot and he like flipped out on him. It was like, who the fuck are you telling me what the fuck to do? And all this other shit. And it's like, dude, in the middle of the match or yeah, back in the, in, okay. in the middle of the match and backstage. And then it just kind of turned into this reality check of like, guess what? Like the referee isn't a referee. The referee is the office. 
Right. And if the office is telling you something through the referee, and if you don't listen to the fucking office, you're going to have a big fucking problem when you walk back through the curtain. Right. Big problem. And I always, I came up in the day and age where you shake everyone's hand, regardless of whether you know who they are or not. Right. You introduce yourself. Why don't and, you explain to the people why that is? But now I know. Well, for me, it's just the camaraderie of it. Like you, you're you're giving respect to your coworkers in their workspace, and oftentimes when you're running shows, you're going to have out of town talent. And if they don't know who you are, you want to introduce yourself. And if you make a good impression on them and if they watch your match, they might then go and say, hey, you know, like I saw this dude out of FSW. He was really good. And it's networking. It's being. I've heard it described in a different way, but that's fine. Yeah. For me, that's to me, that's what it means for me. Sure. Um, well, I uh, here's how I heard it mm-hmm. is that. The reason why wrestlers shook each other's hands, we'll say back in the day, despite I'm sure there's still shreds of that going on. Yeah. Is because it's an acknowledgement that we're all part of the show. Yes. Uh, You know, there might be a guy who's positioned to be on top. uh, But and then there's the guy that never wins. Everyone has a position, a, a, a role to play. Yeah. And it's all part of the show. Don't get too egotistical you know uh you shake each other's hands because you know that guy on top you know one day he might be losing and it might be to the guy who was losing all the time when he was younger and it's a sign of respect that you know yeah i have no problem uh putting you over i have no problem working with you and that the the wrestler handshake also needs to be talked about (laughs) because back in the day it was a limp limp wrist handshake because that was supposed to be the semblance of like hey, work with I, you. I i can work with you and i'm not going to be snug and then if somebody squeezed your hand which and yeah, they give you the old burt reynolds hey yeah pal. and <laughs> they break your fingers and things like that that was kind of like a sign of like eh, maybe i don't like you right and it it's so unfortunate man because in speaking of a referee there was actually a situation that happened And once again, I really feel like I shouldn't name names, but there was a very high name referee and he came down and did a seminar and there was a student that was brought up the old school way. So you meet an old school dude, you would think that you would follow an old school tradition. Right. And he went to go give him the worker handshake Mm -hmm. and the dude, the referee like lost his mind at the student. Like, Oh, you fucking, uh." and it's like, so, but he was trying to be respectful to you. And then you're just going to choose to like, take an issue with it. There's nothing posted on the board. Right. You know, Mm -hmm. and I have learned the art of going in slow and then feeling tension Mm -hmm. and I can match that tension. And if somebody goes in really light on me, I go in really light. Or if somebody goes in really heavy, I give it back to him because I can feel that. And or you could be like me. Thanks to fucking COVID, I've turned into Howie Mandel. All oh, my I'm goodness. Just, just giving people potatoes. Have you ever Have you ever <laughs> watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yes. And the episode where they went in quarantine And then Danny DeVito shaved every shred of hair off of his body and like doused himself in hand sanitizer. (laughs) 
I just want to be pure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that reminds me of. And so, there's some there's some there's some germaphobes. And I can tell you this much right now. I don't know how you could be uh, a working germaphobe. It, it's an it's fucking oxymoron. Like you are. Sweating I mean, you are you other. are you are completely sweating yeah. and spitting and. You're rolling around on a ring that uh, on a mat that, you know, a hundred other guys have rolled around on your odds of staph infection are through the roof. I mean, it is uh, it's a it's a giant piece you dress that you're having a match in. Yeah. And that's the thing. So and I also think that like carrying hand sanitizer in your fanny pack, brother, Mm. is an important thing to do. And like oftentimes you're going to be stuck in a show. There is not going to be a bathroom. So you're going to have to figure it out, dude. And (laughs) what does that mean? You're going to have to do the Jake, the snake in the bucket. Pretty much. Like, I mean, (laughs) like that, that's unfortunately, this is the unglamorous part of the world of professional wrestling. Or you can be real hardcore and just drink your own whiz recycle. Yeah. Uh, That's like really popular in the MMA community, actually. What? Taking a pull from the hose? No, like drinking your opponent's piss. What? That's actually, that is a fucking thing that I have heard. It's a thing. Oh, let me get Ryan Couture on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> I've not heard this. Yeah, I've heard it. What do you mean? You, where do you get it? You go up to him like, hey, Bob, yeah. I know we're having a match this week. You yeah. got a cup of your urine you could spare? Yeah. And I don't, I, like I said, I, look, try this to is, look By the up. way, this is complete hearsay on your part. Um, Not necessarily. Just because you sure know a couple of MMA guys. Well, so I know a couple of MMA guys that are in that situation. So that's one of those things that yeah. I really, really think is um, there's just these like old traditions and things like that. And then you're going to have assholes. I, I can name somebody in specific and I don't give a fuck who turns around and tells him Josh Matthews can go fuck himself. Like, why are we doing this? Uh, because Josh Matthews is a prick. And he's unprofessional. And I... This is not the place for this kind of talk. Well, I'll tell you this much right now. Whether you say it or not... I'm not going to stop you. I'm just saying, we don't need to be dropping names and telling people to fuck off. Because I could fucking just go sick and and take the... The piss out of everybody. Take the piss out of everyone, I think, stinks. Stinks. But I'm just not going to do it. I, I had a weekend with him. To where he treated a lot of people poorly, including myself. And I'll tell you this much right now. I'm not the type of person to ever do anything like that unless I feel like it's a valid reason. He's not professional. Like, he's just not. Well, what does that have to do with what we were talking about? Because it brings up handshakes. Uh, He would refuse to shake your hand, but then turn around and shake somebody else's hand. And So he's just a dick. That's Yeah. That's all right. Well, and that's... Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. Hey, man, you that. don't have to get into yeah. a ring with him, so who fucking cares? Of course. And if I ever did, man, I'd have no problem telling him how I actually feel about him. So Yeah, and, and also, Yeah, I am also not the only person in the world that shares this opinion. Oh, I, yeah. look, I've gotten that vibe since Tough Enough won. Yeah, man. Quite honestly. I, I thought I found his... I found his personality in Tough Enough won to be humorous in its... Uh, ignorance. Yeah. You know, he just seemed like a kind of a gruff dick for such a small dude. 
you know, and then everything we've sort of seen with him and or online comments or whatever, you know, but whatever. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, man. Some fucking announcer from I don't even know if he what's he on impact now. Yes. And he. Yeah, I'm going to stop and say it right there, man. I'm a I, I pay attention to the way people treat other people. And if somebody is rude to me, I then pay attention to who they're good to. And then I also do vice versa. If somebody is good to me and they turn around, they be rude to somebody else. I call them out on that. Like, I guess but this show is not for that. Uh, it's for, not first and foremost. Look, my, uh, here's my thing. Yeah. I kill everyone with kindness and I encourage you to do the same because it's do. completely disarming. You no, know what I mean? I, I absolutely do. And like because karma will ultimately, you know, take care of these people cosmically. A thousand percent. However, this is the thing that coming from being involved in many different locker rooms and things of that nature, mm-hmm. um, the hierarchy ate itself, right? Because people just passed off, well, oh, well, he's just a dick. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the problem with just dicks, is oftentimes just dicks do bad fucking shit, right? Sure. I have never been... I've had people try to fool me, and I've been able to see through it. I can honestly tell you, I can't recall anybody that I was not able to peg from the second that I met them. Like I, I can tell like out the gate and I do treat every single person that I interact with, with the utmost respect until they give me a reason to otherwise. Yeah. There's two kinds of people, the people whose respect you have to earn and the people who give you respect and it's yours to lose. Yeah, ma'am. Uh, I'm the latter, you know, I, I, you know, (sighs) the world is full of assholes. Yes. You know, I see it every morning when I go get a cup of coffee, you know, where I'm, you know, some poor fast food worker is being berated by some jerk because I can't believe you did this. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, take it easy. Yeah. What are you doing? You know? Yeah. Uh, I just find it best to sort of ignore those people. You know, I, I it's it's hard to ignore, though, when you have to endure them. And oftentimes I've. I've had situations to where I end up having to speak up for myself. And then all of a sudden it's like in, you got into fights in school. Sure. What happens oh, well, here, look, in grade here. school, you get into a fight with somebody, they fucking say they want to beat you up and then you end up having a fight with them. And then all of a sudden you're friends. Well, look, first and foremost, you should know how to shoot a little bit. Yeah. Um, because that's the alternative. Someone is an asshole. You'd be like, you could be nice all day and then eventually drop the act and go, Hey, look, you talk to me like that again. Yeah. You and me are going to not have words. Yeah. And I'm going to fucking knock you the fuck out. Yeah. And you know what I mean, just get right to the fucking point. Don't beat around the bush. Not at all. No need to call them out on a podcast. Right. Just be like, Hey bro, fucking knock that shit out. Oh, and I, and I, I'm, I'm relishing the opportunity for it to happen again. And I absolutely will. And the thing is, is that, there has to be a level of accountability and it, the, um, there does not have to be, it's not written down anywhere. It's not, but man, by all means, I have no problem with making my name accountability and I've made a lot of people yeah, hold themselves accountable. Sure. But the, there's, there's no 
like I say, there's no law of the land that says that that is necessary. It's just your ethics, your morality yeah. that you're imposing. Hey, you want to be a dick? Go right ahead. But if you're a dick to me, I'll fucking break you in half. Yeah, man. And, and, and you should fucking let that know. Hey, Cody, great dude. Don't piss him off. And they'll fucking double but, leg you and fucking but, stretch you. Believe me, that is my reputation. Right. Like, trust me. Well, don't and, bring it up here then. Right. Just fucking next time you see yeah. him. Of course. Well, and I Impact will. is in town and you got to drive around with him. No, when I, he's bossing yeah. you around, go in there and give me a fucking no. a, a French hazelnut yeah. latte, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. How about this? Go get it your fucking self. What, and, do I look like your mom? Yeah, and, and more or less, man, like that's, believe me, I, I'm already relishing the opportunity. You know, dangerous Danny Davis, everybody. You know, what a great referee he was. What a great wrestler he is. You know, we've got open contracts, so anybody wants to step in line and fight this man, bring it on down, baby. That's right. A lot of people have taken me up on my offer, and a lot of people have gone down to defeat, only because, as Jimmy said, I was the greatest referee of all time in the Wrestling Federation. And now I have defeated opponent after opponent after opponent by using the rules, by knowledge of the rules. And Jimmy Hart has signed open contracts for me to wrestle anybody who wants to sign on the dotted line. We were talking on the, ch- on the subject, mm-hmm. and that was one person in specific, man. And here's the thing. Uh, the reason why I felt the need to talk about that and also the other person who I'm not going to name is because these people have been protected for far too long because everyone just passes it off like this is acceptable behavior Mm. instead of holding them accountable for their actions and telling them this is not okay. And that's what stops change from happening Mm -hmm. is acceptance. I don't uh, look. I don't know the extent of uh, the entire story. So, and quite frankly, I don't give a shit. Look, I have yeah, no problem. I'm super nice. To, this is just my my method. I'm super nice to everyone. Yeah, man. And if you're rude, uh, I'll give you a pass. I'll let the first one go. And yeah. the minute you're out of sight, I'll be like, "What the fuck's this guy's problem?" Yeah, man. If it continues to happen, I'll give you a warning. Hey, knock it off. Yeah. This shit ain't gonna fly the way you're you're playing it. I don't know, fucking mess you up. Yeah. Now, of course, I have the benefit of being 6'2 and 250. Yeah, man. Um, and then after that, I won't even discuss. I won't be like, I gave you a warning, and now here it I'll just fucking take you down. Yeah. Because the, the time for talk is over. You you don't fucking listen. And I'll just stretch a motherfucker. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a pretty fair way to, t- to deal with it. Although, I suppose I shouldn't encourage violence. I'm just, you know, as a kid... You know, I was uh, thin. I was, you know, I played Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering and shit like that. Yep. Pewter jewelry. That's right. All black clothing. Um, Hello. And this was like, you know, think about I was born in 1978. So I was 14 in 1992, the height of Bloods and Crips. And here I was a nerd just trying to walk over to my friend Dave's house to to, you know, play D&D. And I, it was a gamble every time I walked over there whether I was going to be jumped or not yeah, man. by a minimum of four people at yeah. a time. You know. Anyway, that's my upbringing. I'm harder than the average uh, modern youth. I think. Yeah. You know, they get to deal with cyberbullying. <laughs> well, and man, I can tell you this much right now, man. I I would not even want to 
even imagine being a young a person younger today. person today. Like I, I also came up very similar, right? Like the way that you did. Um, and I'm very thankful because I really do think that the tough streets of Vegas are not nearly as bad as the tough streets of Chicago and things of that nature. They're, they can still get pretty hairy though. And well, I mean, it's crazy. You know, I remember being interviewed by, uh, I am not interviewed, but not interrogated either. I was being talked to by, uh, uh, like a local law enforcement who was in charge of some gang unit. And, you know, he's trying to find out about who was all in the gang in my neighborhood. And I think I forget whether it was me or my mother was like that. You know, it's not South Central. You don't have to worry. And he's like, this shit is not that different. Yeah. Especially because these people have no reason to be acting hard as they are. Yeah. Uh, So that makes it worse because they actually have to prove something yes they have something to prove you yeah know? Man. so anyway that was my upbringing and that just makes it so that you know i'll be super nice and if you're a dick i'll let it go and then i'll give you a fucking warning after that it's fucking go time i hope you can back up this shit you're talking yeah man um uh you know that's whatever anyway let's talk about referees yes sir <laughs> so um it's a it's a thankless position that more people should be aware of and you should also respect your referee like i uh not to bust the bubble for anybody but a wrestling run sheet mm-hmm. matches aren't matches they're segments right promos aren't promos they're segments and there is a run time for you to hit your times the amount of times I have heard people just blatantly ignore a two minute go home. Right. You know, like that is a typical standard go home. It happens in all vaudevillian villain vaudevillian. All right. Maybe I had it right the first time. Yes, sir. Vaudevillian, uh, uh, showbiz. Yes, sir. You know, comedians, guys fucking killing it with the, with the jokes. He gets the light and decides, fuck this. I'm going, you know, 10 more minutes. Yep. You know, of course, he gets his ass fucking handed to him after, but he doesn't really pay for it, really. Yeah. Well, there are some people that do. Like, I I remember uh, from my experience of doing TV tapings, I have seen people, like, literally lose opportunities because sure. they don't listen. And oftentimes, with how cutthroat the business is, no pun intended, uh, you might just get one shot. Right. And they might not give you another shot. And I've always prided myself on the fact that I'm on time. I am you have on to, time. It, look, you have to be, you know, um, professional wrestling, live professional wrestling is not unlike live theater in that, you know, the doors open at six, curtain is pulled back at seven. Yep. And everyone needs to be there and in full gimmick. Mm-hmm. You know, and they need to know their lines. They need to know everything that goes into every scene. You know, you can't be fucking around. That's professional theater. Yeah. Right. The same sort of applies for professional wrestling. The run sheet that says, all right, segment one, it's going to be so and so. It's going to be Steve Steverson versus uh, Carl Carlson. And they're going to go uh, five minutes or whatever it is. And here's the finish. Yep. Segment two is a promo and whatever, you know. Hey, look, the last FSW show I went to, someone, not naming names, mm-hmm. someone and an entire party of motherfuckers came out and fucking uh, 
I wouldn't say that they cut a promo. They basically did a 20 minute entrance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and by the way, at a certain point, I put my head in my hands and was like, there's no way. There's no way someone in charge of this show said, go out and drag out 20 minutes out of this shit. Yeah. There's, or that person is a fucking head case. I know that this motherfucker was just having too much fun and and taking all the time in the world that he wanted. Yeah. And that's a disservice to the show in general. There has to be a director or a producer, yes. someone who's running the show and cracking the whip. Yeah, and man. and he's, you know, if you're writing a story, I don't know if you ever did any writing, but yeah. you know, you're do you got your 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 A story, your B story or if it's uh, uh, say in a movie format, you got three acts, there's two uh, plot twists that separate the acts, you know. You have to know all these things and you have to bead them out properly. But if you have uh performers who think they're going to do a little improv and fucking shoot from the hip regardless of whether it's working or not or maybe because they think they're the, the the shit or whatever yeah they're really fucking shit up yes and that's um it's an unfortunate thing man because it also turns into um it's a show it's not a you show right because if it was a you show then it would just be you alone in a ring by yourself it's an entire card and out of respect for the other performers and things of that nature, you don't want to take time away from the main event. And you also don't want to stifle yourself by going so far under that you then end up having to add on to the main event. Right. Uh, or take away from, see, that's the thing yeah. that a lot of people don't realize when they go like, ah, fuck, I'm, you know, say a band. Mm -hmm. I, we're killing it. The crowd is fucking losing their mind. Let's do 15 more minutes. Well, there's a band after you. Yep. You think they're cool with you doing 15 more fucking minutes? No. You know, um, you know, we live in Vegas. There's no, uh, uh, what's that called, where they, where they close down the bar? Last call. Last there's call. no last call. If you've ever, you know, if you've ever been in a band and been on tour and gone anywhere else, they have strict time limits posted on the stage like hey you've got 15 minutes to set up 30 minutes to perform and 15 minutes to get the fuck off you go one second over any of that shit you're not getting paid they're right. serious because for them if the if the headlining band can't get their full time and they have to cut their set short because last call means this shit's fucking closing yeah you know times are so important when it comes to live performing and anyone who uh takes advantage of it are really selfish to a certain extent you could push it a little yeah. i think that's acceptable but to to not have the wherewithal to realize like oh this is stinking and i should probably cut it short mm -hmm. bad behavior bad form as i say tomorrow night at 7 30 p.m right here in toronto's maple leaf gardens promoter jack tunney presents the card we've all been waiting for You'll be seeing such stars as S.D. Jones, Jerry Allen, Frenchie Martin. In a one-on-one, -on -one, Nikolai Volkoff goes against Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. Tag action. Paul Roma, along with Jim Powers, face you again in Headhunter, Kamala, and Sika. Ladies' world title match. Sherry Martel defends against the fabulous Moolah. The junkyard dog. He will battle the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. World heavyweight title on the line. Hulk Hogan will risk his title against the one-man gang. Also... The barber of the World Wrestling Federation will battle dangerous Danny Davis. 
Jimmy Hart come in, if you will, possibly tomorrow night. Part of the Hart Foundation will get a new uh, hairstyle. Well, wait a minute. First of all, it's not dangerous Danny Davis for this match. It's dangerous scissors Danny Davis, baby. Let me tell you something, Brutus. You know, he thinks he's really cute. He thinks he's really funny going around and trying to give everybody a little hairstyle. He puts them asleep with that sleeper hold and he sprays them. Well, let me tell you, buddy, we've got a big surprise for you. Right, Danny? <laughs> oh, boy. Jimmy Hart and myself have gone to the limit. We have taken the Danny Davis School of Refereeing and branched out into barbering. And I've got a little bit of barbering under my uh, collar, as, as I say. <laughs> and I am going to beat Beefcake right in the middle of the ring. And that I am going to cut his hair just like that. <laughs> Jimmy even bought me this barber coat. <laughs> and come... To Arnold's Maple Leaf Garden, I am going to defeat him and humiliate him like he's never been humiliated before. And I don't think he'll ever come back because his ego isn't going to be able to stand it. Big surprise. Big surprise. Come on, Danny. Remember, that's tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m. right here in Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens. World heavyweight title on the line. Don't you dare miss this one. had the opportunity to train with Chavo Guerrero mm -hmm. uh, and we got to do a weekend uh, with him and it, it was really cool because he did a Q&A at the end of the weekend and then somebody I can't remember who it was they're like can I please ask you some questions about Eddie and what a it, jerk <laughs> and you, what an yeah. ass I don't know who well, this person was, but this is a fucking terrible thing to ask someone like, hey, you know that that family member of yours you were super close to and that you had found dead? I got some questions to ask. Well, and he he just asked for some stories, like more or <laughs> Whatever, less. it's still uh, bad etiquette. Well, it, Chavo was actually very receptive to it. Sure. And the thing that he actually said, I will talk about my uncle every single day. Until I'm not around anymore. Mm. And one of the tidbits of information that he actually dropped on us was that Eddie Guerrero was apparently terrible at time. But he was so good, he never got reprimanded for it. Right. But he was notoriously known for always going over. Hey, Bret Hart, too. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of people on top who can pull that shit. Yeah. You got to be on top. You yes. have to be a draw, because yeah. if you ain't drawn, you don't have the right to do shit. That's yeah. why Josh Matthews should shut the fuck up. Yeah, and and ultimately, once again, like I said, I, I wasn't trying to put you in a bad spot with that. No, and I, I, yeah. I, I, for all I know, he'll never hear this. I'm right. just saying that I, I would prefer this place not be the... Of course place for that and we're not gonna we're not gonna start that but like it was one of those things that unfortunately man and i i just i'm so good to people you know i i, I always take my time like if i meet you i don't we don't yeah. need it we don't need to keep right we'll just put it in stone here now dear josh matthews if you're listening to this um uh cody wrote uh, cody Rhodes. maybe he hates him too <laughs> Cutthroat Cody, despite his uh, his uh, his nickname, 
is a charming young fellow who's a hard worker and a trainer of young talent who insists on treating everyone with respect. If you uh, prefer to be an asshole to uh, those sorts of people, that's on you. And uh, keep one eye open, I suppose. Or you just be cool. Is eloquently put, sir. Now, if I could steer the fucking conversation back, back to, referees. to referees. There we go. God damn. I, I mean, that was the whole point of this episode. We have not talked. At, anyway, here's my thing. Yeah, man. What does it take to be a referee in 2021 at this point? Because, you know, I flirted with it at a certain point yep. where I got to a certain age and it's like, all right, at this point, it would be dumb to try and be a wrestler. At the same time, once again, six foot two, 250. Mm, it's a tough sell. I remember Impact had like a really buff referee that like would actually like ref in very short shorts in a cutoff shirt. I can't remember his name, but he was in better shape than like everybody. And they always put him in X division matches. That's funny. Um, yes. I, well, I, here's the funny thing. Um, you know, look, the UFC outdraws fucking every pro wrestling show in the world yeah. right now period and they're not even doing that great right now and they're still you know still doing well respected well above all of professional wrestling uh, they're fighters you know you get a handful that look like uh they're into uh uh what's that oh crossfit you yes. know where you're flipping over tractor tires and <laughs> parkour <laughs> no i'm i'm joking <laughs> but uh but by and large, the the lion's share of them, they just look like regular people because they actually are working on fighting and not about uh, the the physical shape of their body. Yeah, the aesthetics. Correct. So and but the the point is is, you know, who do you think historically is probably the most recognized? Referee in all of sports and oh, all of sports in all of sports, Herb Dean. No, not not Herb Dean. I'm sorry. Oh, what's his name? Big John Big, McCarthy. No, man. Like the he was a boxing referee. He was bald. He was on Celebrity Deathmatch. I'd put Big John over him at this. You'd point. put well. There was a period of time where he was the guy, right? But Big John for sure. Yeah, and but he, he was the guy, and we don't know his name. Big John hasn't fucking done regular refereeing in uh, many years at this point, as yep. far as I know, and. You know, I know that motherfucker well. And it makes sense in a pro combat sport that there would be a guy able to handle himself. Yes. In a in an octagon between two guys. If, if things got out of hand, he'd get between them and fucking pull one off of the other. Or, you know, be able to, you know, when he calls it, get in between the two like a, a hockey ref. Yeah. You know. But in wrestling, it's not that way. And it's one of these sort of old tropes that there's a lot of things in pro wrestling that were developed back in the 1930s that we still do today. And oftentimes I wonder why we've obviously the rest of the world has evolved past this. Yeah, man. It's not really necessary anymore, but it's it's one that still happens. This is one. And to, to, to steer back to what takes a good referee, uh, to be a good referee, I honestly feel like you got to train to be a referee. You have to learn how to slide. Mm. You have to have cardio. 
you also have to learn how to take certain bumps in order to make them not look like pro wrestling bumps, but to make them look, it it takes training. You have to, just because you're a referee doesn't mean that you don't train. Right. That's the big misconception. That's the reason why Austin Grimes, who is one of my favorite referees and, if you're into chiptune music, he actually has a killer band called Decaying Tigers. Oh, uh, I'm familiar with the other half of this group. Yes. Because I booked that kid. What was his name? De La Decay? I believe so. Uh, I booked him to open for my band at one of our record release parties. Yeah. and Small Aust- world, by the yeah. way. Austin plays drums for them. And really cool stuff. Uh, but he trained. He did his roles, he took his bumps, and he took it seriously. And then he put a lot of work and effort into losing weight. Mm-hmm. And you're still... Yo, what's up with Todd Sinclair? This motherfucker trying to eat himself to death. Well, I I will say this, man. Todd's... Fucking ring of honor. Yeah, dude, Todd Sinclair takes some crazy bumps. Like, crazy bumps. You want to know who else took really crazy bumps? Who? Nick Patrick. Yeah. If you go back and watch, like, Nick Patrick was always the referee that was getting dumped on his head. And he didn't take, like, referee bumps. Like, wrestlers would, like, give him moves. Sure. And. Probably at his request. Hey, man, fucking, you know, do this. Yep. And it's a shame because uh, we definitely don't want to open the can of worms. But, you know, who was a really good referee, despite his life decisions, was Drake words yeah he was oh but i'll say he was an absolute great referee yeah uh you worded that absolutely perfectly his life decisions yeah yeah and we'll (laughs) i mean look i don't know if we've talked about it on the air i don't think that we have folks i can't stress to you enough uh if you're a performer and you're listening to this you know, Twitter and Instagram, technically, let's say you're a, a professional wrestler. Um, you're only in the ring, you know, however many times a week you are. Uh, and for 10, 15, 20 plus minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. That is not the only time you're at work. No. The rest of the week, when you're actually showcasing who you really are to people and completely breaking kayfabe, you are doing yourself a disservice in a multitude of ways. Honestly, I mean, there's a reason why uh, we've talked in the past about how MJF is killing it is because he's always in character. Yes. You have to, you know, work hard to catch that dude out of character. I mm-hmm. think he fully understands that when there's cameras around, you know, he's on. Yeah, he's he's on. When, or the, lights he's on, when util- the lights on, he's on. And if he's utilizing his Twitter or Instagram, it's to fucking be a obnoxious, no good piece of shit. Now we all know there's no way this guy is that guy, right? I mean, there's there's just no way. There's no human being that, that is this cartoonishly uh, douchebaggish. Mm-hmm. Um, but he puts in the effort, and yet it makes it easy for us to believe it yes. from the point of view of a fan. Um, but if you have a Twitter or an Instagram or fucking Facebook, 
<laughs> uh, and you're just fucking using it to put out your political beliefs or talk about, uh, uh, I don't know, whatever God you happen to worship. You are not doing anything for yourself in the professional wrestling industry. No. And you're alienating over half of the planet with your words. Yeah. And that could be really bad. Yeah. I mean, this guy, he couldn't help himself. You know, as far as I understand, he was reprimanded like, hey, knock off this sort of talk. And he's just like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Don't wear masks and fucking go Jesus go. It's like, dude, well, how about the, you shut the fuck up? Well, but I think that the nail in the coffin for him was the fact that he was actually scheduled for tapings. And then he decided to go to like some public hearing of some sort in the state of Florida instead to have an opportunity to hijack a podium in order to preach his beliefs. And here's the thing, man. Hearsay, by the way. Go ahead. No, oh, I'm well, saying, hearsay. I thought, I'm I saying thought said, here's the thing. These yeah. are rumors and none of my business, but no, look, he did all, make enough public. No, no. no yes, no, there, I understand that there's, there's video, video of him yes. in his fucking NXT referee outfit no, there, there's a different video like it's there's a different video i found the video but like <laughs> yeah you're the, so you're the guy that's clicking on all the clickbait well, like it, like i say it's not my business and i don't give a shit okay, but no, if you're but going I'm, out of your way to right. spread this shit you are asking for it yes he asked for it right and keep in consideration though like drake younger right before he got signed to wwe he ended up doing a couple dates with us and he was a great person sure you know and hey uh, sorry continue your thought i i have an investment in people that i know mm, sure you know and i just wanted to see how bad the clickbait articles were because instead of just reading the article and passing judgment, I watched it for myself and I drew my own conclusion. Sure. And it's, it's a shame because I don't think that he is a bad person, but unfortunately, man, um, these people become fanatical. Right. And when they become fanatical, they go so far out of the spectrum of being able, you can't argue logically with somebody that's illogical. You oh, can't. I'm all too familiar. Look, yeah. I don't like any extremists or fundamentalists on any side yeah, of any argument of any position. Yeah, man. Period. If you're so hard headed that you're going to, you know, uh, think that fucking, I don't know, Jesus is riding around on unicorns and that Donald Trump is the greatest thing since sliced bread and that there's fucking, uh, child slaves being sold for fucking in a pizza parlor. I mean, bro, we can't have a conversation at all. Right. And that's essentially what happened to him. They, they, he fucking murdered himself. He did. And that's the thing is, is that it, it I, there was a two out of and three by, falls match with the revival versus DIY, I think. Mm -hmm. And the spot, there was some spots that were in that match that would not have been able to, to be pulled off it if it was not for Drake being in that match. Like it was incredible. Like it's worth going back to watch just to see 
how on it he fucking was. Right. And like you said, when you you draw the comparison of that's the third performer yep. or the fifth performer, depending on the tag match, like that's, it, it was just so incredible. And, right. and it's just a shame, man. And it is a shame because he was my favorite referee. And yeah. look, I, as far as like, um, you know, I'm a, <laughs> Politically, I would consider myself a moderate or a centrist, and I lean left or right depending on the um, the position at hand or the question or the person or whatever. Now, having said that, I've leaned mostly left every single time my entire life, if not exclusively left. Mm-hmm. But I don't side with any groups just no. because uh, it seems to be in my favor. Groups, when there's no—and go ahead and use this, folks, for your entire life— any group that doesn't have a requirement to be a member eventually will have dumb fucks in it. Yeah. And it will, it, it can turn south. It, it and, we, and we've seen that with uh, hyper, uh, hyper liberals. I'm as much of a non-fan of those people as I am of hyper conservatives. Everyone yeah. who stormed the Capitol and all these dumb fucks, you know, on the other hand, you can be a complete, you can have conservative ideals, and uh, by the way, this is our least professional wrestling show Podcast. ever. Um, but you can have conservative ideals and I'll like you just fine as long as you're a rational human being. Yes. Um, but like I say, this guy could not help himself. No. It, so it's a sad end to probably his tale. You know, yeah. I, he might end up in some low budget, never heard of promotion getting work. But I he'll, mean, chances he'll are most likely go back to the deathmatch scene. I'm sure. Well, that, that's a place, but whatever. Yeah, man. Um, but here's a question concerning referees. Um, what if you wanted to become a referee? If you're like I, you know, I I don't got you know I don't have the skills or the size or whatever. What do I got to do? And that's going back to training. Like, no, uh, I mean, how do I get in? You, you go to, you go to a wrestling school and you go to a wrestling school and you say, Hey, this is my intention. I do not want to be a wrestler. I want to be a referee. Right. And then that's when, once again, the work can't just take place in the ring though. The, there's gotta be a lot of work that happens outside of it. And you gotta, you gotta study tape like the same way that you would study wrestling as if you're a wrestler, you would want to pay attention to the referees. Sure. I saw an um, NXT, uh, I think this past week that their referee did an old, uh, Oh, I think it was an old midnight express spot where the, uh, drop down leak leapfrog, leapfrog yes with the where the ref gets in the way and, and he starts dropping down the yep. leapfrog <laughs> and that and is... by the way i read the comments and it was a lot of people like oh these guys are the best or whatever i was like you motherfuckers this spot's old as shit yeah it, and it is it is a very old spot cody andrews actually hit that in a match with remy marcel not that long ago against someone i can't remember who he is working and cody andrews is another fantastic ref who also is aspiring to be a wrestler. Here's a question. Um, let's say professional wrestlers on an average indie card, with the exception of the main event, are getting paid $50 a match. Um, what would a ref expect to make in that exchange? Fuck. No idea? Nothing? Hot dog? Mm, Handshake? Um, it... 
it's so difficult to actually pin pay. Yeah. Because uh, the reality is, is that promoters will utilize people for free if they know they can get away with it. And then when they finally get called out, then they're put in a situation to either a pay the money or B not use them. Like every, everyone's situation is different. So there's certain referees like that have been flown out like Austin Grimes. When we were doing TV tapings, I don't know what his pay scale was, but he was put on a plane with us. He was got a hotel room. He got, catering vouchers and i know he was paid i don't know how much he was paid everyone's pay is different right everyone has different pay it sounds to me like being a referee is a lot like being a drummer in a band every band needs a drummer yep (laughs) they're always in high demand if you're a girl i mean you're even in more high demand yep because girls girl having girls as musicians is, is is it seems like a rarity, sadly. Yes. Um, and, well, so, and it, yeah. it seems the same way in wrestling. The if there's a girl who's expressed interest in becoming a referee, it's like, yeah, we're we're forward well, thinking. Here. Well, but Aubrey Aubrey Everton, like like is a trailblazer, you right. know. And now you see a lot of female referees. And she's not the coming. only one. She's just, I mean, she's still. Even at this point, well, she's been in the business for three years. You mm-hmm. know, there's a, some blonde over at NXT. You don't get to know her name because fucking WWE doesn't like to give any attention to the referees. Right. Um, which is a, a shame. But drummers being in high demand, referees being in high demand, I think, just knowing what I know about music, and you tell me if this is a, a wise way to go about, go about it, is... You know, not really demand anything for a year while you're learning your craft. So I, I have Here's a, the second half of what okay. I was going to say. After that, you should say, you should, A, I'm making time coming out here, and I think I do a pretty good job. What, yeah. you, what say you cut me in and let's, you know. Let's work it out. Let's, let's, let's respect my time. Yeah. And so. I'm not worth nothing or hot yeah. dogs. Yeah. So, and that's unfortunately, man, um, it took me years to get paid. Right. Because I was just going along and going along. You said it already that promoters, you know, they're not crushing it at the gate in professional wrestling, unfortunately. Then, you know, they're charging, you know, 15, 20 bucks a head. If If you want front row, maybe they up it to 25, you know, and... In a small room, say that holds, you know, seventy. It's it's not a huge amount. Right. You're not going to get rich doing this. So anywhere where you can cut corners, you know, whether it's you know, hey, this student wants a little time. Ah, uh, well, I could pay that guy in a handshake. Yeah, that's that's fine for a little bit, but after a while, it's. Hey, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, goddamn. Yeah. Like, I got into this because this is a business. Now, I'd well, like to be part of this business, not yeah. just be the punching bag. And the thing that sucks is, is that, you know, the day that everything got fucked up in pro wrestling was the day that somebody actually accepted a hot dog and a handshake as a payoff. Right. That was the day that it all fucking went to shit. And people... It shouldn't happen anymore, even with the with the newest guy, even if it no. is a student. Yeah. I mean, if they go like, hey, we're going to give you a little time. 
All right, great. I'm taking a bunch of bumps and killing myself, yep. you know. The, fucking, even if it's $10, you got to pay for my gas. Uh, is there any questions that you would like me to ask Danny Davis? Give me one, anyone. Why is he such an idiot? Is that it? Ladies and gentlemen, the referee of the WWE that's creating all the crap, Danny Davis.
I told you, and I'll say it again, you can ask any referee. Hey, wait, don't leave, don't leave, don't leave. Stay there, stay, there. just stay. Good boy, good boy, stay. Woof, 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 stay. You don't have to be afraid of nothing. This is my shot, man. You can say what you want to. This guy here says that he is as fair as any referee that's ever been. What do you think? He really sucks. And that's the thing is that I really do believe in my heart that we're in a situation now to where, one, for young wrestlers, um, there's a difference between taking a quality booking at a loss and taking a shit booking at a loss. If you take a booking and you work against, let's just hypothetically say Chris hero. Right. And if you don't get paid on that booking, I will, I will fly myself somewhere to wrestle Chris hero right now. Well, it's good for the resume. Yeah. A, a thousand percent. So you get enough stuff on the resume. Mate, yeah. Then you're, then you're you somebody, can, you can sell yourself, but if somebody wants me to work Joe Schmo, that ah, good best. old Joe Schmo yeah, wrestling. Good old, good old Joe Schmo. Um, Joe Schmo might be a nice guy, but is it worth me possibly getting injured? Right. To or is it worth the twenty dollars that I would make and things of that nature? And that's why I also preach. Like I did a I did a video. Um, with five tips for people that are looking to break into the industry. And if anybody is interested in looking that up, it's on YouTube. It's easy to find. Um, you can protect yourself with merchandise. You can give yourself a cushion to land on. And here's the cool thing is that you give yourself some t-shirts and if you're actually popular and then all of a sudden the promoter sees how popular you are because every time they look in the crowd, all they see is your shirt on someone else's body. Like that then becomes a leveraging point of like, listen, I, I have value. I'm bringing people into your product and things of that nature. And it's to me, it's an internship. Sure. Right? But let me interject. Mm -hmm. I'm talking specifically today. I'm trying to keep it centered around the idea of being a referee. Yeah. Referees can't have shirts. I'll be surprised if one could sell, no. sell any. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Nick Patrick shirts. <laughs> I well, gotta get little one. Little Nate might have some shirts. I, you know, I wonder. Yeah, yeah, he's probably got a re pro wrestling tees. Yep, store most likely with little Nate shirts. Yep. Why not? <laughs> yeah, but that motherfucker's been reffing for what forty years, and he looks the same. Yeah, it's well, crazy. I got a theory about vampires. <laughs> if your last name is Lopez, like Mario or Jennifer, he's probably drinking blood. Okay. Have you seen those guys? I mean, those two? Yeah. I think the Lopez bloodline are uh, bloodsuckers. Mayhaps. Yeah. Mayhaps. AC Slater looks as young as he ever did. <laughs> <laughs> Youth. Um, so, so let me sort of finish off with this. What is required, not just training, let's say you, no matter body... Body type, size, height, weight, male, female. Is it anyone's game for to be a, 
a referee? Can anybody be come in and be like, you know, I, I've I've specifically heard uh, people get turned away uh, from being used because like, hey, you're you're too big. Yeah. You know, like ideally, if you're looking to step into a referee role, and I think that's probably the reason why you're going to see a lot more female referees is because they are smaller. Sure. For the most part. Well, I mean, look, one of the big issues is that uh, the wrestlers have gotten smaller. Yeah. Over the years. Yes. Uh, so any average size human being might dwarf half of a roster. So they're the WCW Toy Biz line. Uh, for those that aren't familiar with Toy Biz, Toy Biz were the company that it was the company that was making all the X-Men figures mm-hmm. and the Marvel figures. And they ended up getting the license for WCW figures. And they had this gigantic giant figure that came with like a little Rey Mysterio that had a stretchable neck. And then I also think that there was a referee version of that figure as well. <laughs> and he's just like so dwarfed in comparison to the actual giant figure. Right. And that's the thing is, man, is like you want it it makes everyone look larger if the referee is small. Right. Like it it would make me look big if if my referee was five foot three. Right. And yeah, like, but where are you going to find these print size motherfuckers? Uh, um, you know what I mean. Well, and not, but even then, man, like you said, dude, and I I was talking to Darren Corbin about this, uh, who is a fantastic gentleman. Uh, he used to work for Chikara in a tag team called the North Star Express. A really good friend of mine, and we were commenting, and it's like, man, like the size of people is just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. And we also talked about how there should be an internship for the positions in professional wrestling. Oh yeah, without question. The thing with the internship is, is that it might last longer for somebody else. And that's the thing is like, if you really suck, but you're doing your best and things like that, am I just going to give you money? Cause I feel bad. No, you got to earn that position. And then once you earn that position, then it, it starts at a scale and it's like, okay, well this is the low end of the scale. And then you move your way up to the midterm of the scale. And then eventually you end up getting to a high term if you keep pushing hard. Right. And I'll it, agree with everything you're saying so far. Yeah. And I, I personally feel like if I were to run a wrestling company landing in a bag of money tomorrow, that would be the very first thing is like, okay, well this is how long you were expected to pay dues as a student. And then after that, if you graduate, you are going to pay a reduced fee for dues and then you will get this money for shows. Um, It's not going to be a lot, but it's going to be enough to let you know that you are valued And you were appreciated. And if you want to make more money, this is the contact information I have for a graphic designer. This is the place I get my t-shirts printed. You give them good business. You can make a couple bucks if you're good. Right. And then at that point, like I always tell the students, I'm like, man, get your transportation paid for. Even if you don't, make anything on your booking fee. Hey, in any endeavor you do, even if it's your hobby and you're willing to spend money on it, 
do whatever it takes to break even. Yes. You don't want to lose money because eventually it'll be the reason why you cut it out of your life. Yep. And that's sad if it was something that you really were hoping to succeed in. Yeah. You know, uh, don't come out of pocket if you can. If you're coming out of pocket, someone's taking advantage of you. Yes. And even if you're in a theatric combat sport, you're still suffering the effects of the combat part. Right. It's not nothing. You always talk about the bump card, you know, and things like that. And as far as like being a referee, like I know that there's referees that get paid, but I also know that there's referees that don't get paid you know right the the disadvantage of professional wrestling is is that hey man i'll tell you if i i think a reason i don't see any reason if you have the capacity to do an entire card yourself mm-hmm. that you shouldn't make 20 bucks a match or have a series of people where it's like yeah you'll make 20 bucks a match yeah uh refing and it's like well fuck book me for all of those i'm you know i can handle that sort of thing yeah you know what i mean if you can in fact handle those sorts of things. And oftentimes I wouldn't be surprised if their payout is maybe as the, maybe the same as low in scale of the wrestlers and right. things of that nature. I, I well, re- you and I both know yeah. the low end scale of wrestlers means nothing. Yeah. And I, I just remember how thankful Austin Grimes was to finally get a flight and to get paid. Sure. And that's the thing, too, is that the boys don't discuss pay. Like, sure. you know, because people will oftentimes end up finding out how much somebody is getting paid. And then that turns into, well, I'm better than them and all this other fucking dumb shit. Right. I've been cornered in a locker room by two people that I will not mention. And they pinned me basically in a situation. It was like very locker room bully shit. Right. And they're, how much are you making? try to walk past and put their hand across the doorway. No, seriously, how much are you making? And your response was, my response was, this is how much I'm making. And oh, I, you ma- just told them, <laughs> I, the, the, that was not what I was no, expecting. The, the reason I told them is because they were trying to strong arm it. And then when I told them the amount, they, well, you should have just lied. You should have yeah. said, uh, Oh, um, 300 bucks. Yeah. Well, no, because once again, <laughs> just to see I, a smoke come out of theirs. What? Yeah. And I may have <laughs> smoke came out of their fucking ears. Like mm-hmm. when I worked in Oregon mm-hmm. and when I was doing the tapings for PPW pro wrestling paid my bills. Right. I was the highest paid person on their roster because I was doing ring crew mm-hmm. and that's what I expected. And I'm like, okay, they're not going to let me go. I'm going to tell them what I'm making. And I'm going to tell them why I make that money because I'm the one that's willing to fly out here two days early. Right. Because I'm the one that's actually tearing the ring down and having to drive it from Salem to Portland and then back again and then getting on a plane and then breaking down a ring and setting it up at Samstown. Why don't you just say, oh man, uh, that's bad form to be asking somebody about their money. Because... Sometimes you have to tell someone to go fuck themselves without telling that's, them to go fuck themselves. That's the way you do it. Yeah. You go, hey, man, none ya. That's how I, much I'm getting paid. Oh, none your fucking I, business. I, I tried. Right. And they pushed. So what? Yeah. So you just go, fuck yeah. it. we can stand well, here all day and well, you can fucking put your arms around me. And, and, it's still not going to get right. out of me 
my personal business. Yeah. And but at the same time, though, I have no problem because I earned that. And if anyone thinks that they deserve more than me, then by all means, you are more than willing to do the work that I do. And I even told him, like, you're going to come out and set up the ring. Who's that? You going you going to do that? No, the fuck out of my face. And they were reprimanded promptly because mm -hmm. I immediately went to the promoter. Oh, you snitched. Oh, a thousand. Listen, Boo. Yeah, yeah. No, here, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't tolerate bullying. Like I don't tolerate schoolyard bullshit because I grew up being bullied. Like it's not something that I do. Yeah, but I it's do. so easy to ignore because what the, the, what's the worst that can happen? You get into a physical they, altercation because you, know, you didn't no, tell me what no, I wanted to know. What, no, what's the worst that can happen is they could do it to somebody else. That's the worst that can happen. That's how you stop that shit from happening. Mm. And it stopped. Sure. Yeah. No, it's all about stopping it from happening. People, this, one of the things that makes me sick about this industry is negligence. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, man, there's not a whole lot of responsible people in it. We are at a really cool time right now. Sure. Oh, well, there's plenty of people. Yes. But uh, responsible adults? Yes. You know. there, there's more. There's, oh, there there's far more yeah. than there has been. Sure. Yeah. But it ain't enough. Well, we'll we'll see what the the test of time says, man. And at the end of the day, you know, you nobody wants to be taken advantage of. But if you're not going to speak up when you're being taken advantage of, if you're going to turn a blind eye to seeing somebody take advantage of somebody else, you're part of the problem. Oh, I didn't say I was doing any of that. No, I'm and I'm, that no, I'm not saying you specifically. I'm, I'm just saying, saying specifically. Oh, I'll, I'd tell you, but uh, it's none of your fucking business. Right. And if they did that to somebody else, I would say the same thing. Hey, leave him alone. Yep. That's none of your fucking business. Right. Now, once again, yeah, ma'am. This is coming from the point of view of a person who has been taller than most people he's had all, yeah. uh, and and more physically prepared than most people he's had altercations with. Yeah. Who was never the, you know, I was never the person provoking shit. I was right. always the person putting his foot down and going, no, it's not going to happen yeah. this way. Yeah. Um, I have the benefit of that, but yes. I, you know, who knows? Uh, well, every, everyone's battle is different. Sure. You know, and the, I went from somebody that went from being walked on to being somebody that is like, eh, right. No. And I handle things my way. Like I, I, and I always appreciate your advice and your point of view, but at the same time, I've navigated myself in the way that I do things this far. Sure. My reputation speaks for itself. And if I am not in a room when somebody speaks, my name is normally positive. And if it's not, it's not professional, it's personal. Right. And if it is personal, they're probably not somebody that is very well received to begin with anyway. Right. I don't take fucking bullshit. I don't fucking accept it from fucking others to me. And I don't accept it from others to others. It's just not a thing. Would you say, watch me swing it back to referees. Of course. <laughs> I think I've done that like seven times this episode. It's okay. Already. Um, would you agree with me when I say that there, there are tropes that need to be done away with in wrestling because they're too dated because they were invented in the 1930s and things have evolved past them that still exist. Like, Referees should be diminutive. 
no one should be diminutive. Like you, diminutive. Give me an example. Short in stature or, or in presence. I, I think that it's something that I understand. Oh, we the, under we understand it. Yes. The problem is, is as you mentioned earlier, wrestlers have gotten shorter and shorter, and yeah. and in conjunction with lighter and lighter. And where are you going to find these little Tokyos to come fucking and and uh, little beavers to come yeah. fucking referee your matches? Yes. You know what I mean? At a certain point, something's got to give. And it's like, yeah. you know what? This is dumb. Let's and just have whoever is interested in this fucking role who's to do good it. at it right. do it. Because there are plenty of other, you know, like I say, Big John McCarthy. He's the biggest fuck in those in those octagon yeah. matches that he's taking part in. Even yes. if it's a, a super heavyweight match, he's the biggest fucker there. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I don't see a disadvantage to it. Right. But at, at, In today's day and age. Right. But then at the same time, you would also, if you have a big referee, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of end up having to change the landscape of how matches run. Mm-hmm. Because if that referee could toss you halfway across the ring and then throw the match out, you know, matches would end that way. Like that, that it, opens up an entirely new dialogue. Look, because, yeah, and, and which th- I feel like everything has opened up a new dialogue. I'm sorry, I'm purposely not trying to do this. I I, it's all right, but yeah, it, it leads more into referee talk, which is, you know, I've talked about before how I, in from the crowd, you know, I'm kayfabing as an audience member, so to speak, by. Yelling at the referee, come on, ref, get in there. What are you doing? Is this the Wild West? Are there no rules? Come on. You know, and he, the guy's going, ah, you know, fucking his, his eyes are swimming because people are full on punching each other with closed fists in full view. They're choking each other in the ropes and he's forced to give a slow, you know, five count, you know, all these things that are happening, happening in front of this person. And. Why can't, you know, these stories that have been going on for over 100 years in professional wrestling, why can they not evolve with the roster that you have on hand instead of booking people to fill the roles that have existed for 100 years? Why not create new roles like, yeah, in our promotion, the referee is, we'll say, 6'2 and 250, and if... You don't get off of your, you know, if you're choking a guy in the turnbuckle and if if he gets to three, yeah, he's going to fucking just get in between you and throw you back. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you get different stories out of that where, you know, I I think it might actually cause for some creativity and some new, fresh perspective in the the storytelling it's not a, a buzzword well, i don't and, like using much but it is, it is what it is it would be interesting to see and if anything i might actually throw some bigger dudes as referees and scenarios and by the way i'm not positioning myself for a gig no 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 <laughs> but but that's the thing is but you also have to understand too that sometimes if you do something that's so far out of the box right they're not even looking at the box anymore like they're and the the additive of kiss keep it simple stupid um and i often say this and it's not a very savory thing to say i i have to try and kind of treat wrestling fans like they're dumb no no absolutely only for the sake of simple reactions i need a preference that but great art 
adapts to its limitations. Yes. Right? So if we are in a world where the average professional wrestler is five foot ten, I don't know if that's generous or on the money. Would you take the uh, the above or below on that one? <laughs> yeah, it's a it, like at this point, man, it's actually probably below. Right. Yeah. So let's say the average wrestler is five, five nine. nine. Yep. You know. Um, Get out of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, it it. Like I say, creativity could come from that. If this is what we have to deal with, you know, or like if what we have to deal with is like, oh, I know this guy. He's a fucking amazing talker, Mm -hmm. but he's six foot one. But fucking this guy will put asses in seats. But the problem is, is he'll tower over every tag team that he's the manager of. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that really holding anything back at this point if this guy cuts promos like fucking the devil you know well, what i mean i you know i it, it's just so hard to say you know because even managers with the exception of and he's not even a manager anymore uh what's the gentleman that's been coming out with aj styles uh almost almost i don't know how so to say his name correctly. He, he came out as a manager but now he's a worker you know like he's not a manager he's the bodyguard fuck, yeah okay but, you know, and that's the thing is, is like most. But managers, we knew that we knew. Yes. That he was going to be diesel. Yeah. We knew here's a guy who's been in their training camp and he's getting a first hand, you know, same thing with Braun Strowman. Here's a guy who barely knows anything. We're going to throw him to the wolves yep. and give him a first hand education. Sometimes the best education is on the job. Yep. In fact, most of the times I would say it is. Unfortunately, in, in these guys cases, it's on TV. Um, we know that he, this guy is going to be a worker just yeah. for a time. He gets to <laughs> learn about psychology the hard way on television. Yep. And that's, like I said, it would be, it would be a scenario that you would have to see if it worked, but I wouldn't shoehorn it because if, of it, course, yeah, if, it, if it didn't end up working out to me, it would work out kind of almost as a stipulation. Like, mm-hmm. and once again, like, it, it's a conversation of reinventing the wheel, sure. you know, and it's often uh, Mike Modest uh, ended up having a documentary or like a biography come out. It was an independently done one. And he talked about pro wrestling iron and he talked about how they tried to do a bunch of different things with finishes. Like By the way, they, Mike Modest, the original short guy. Yeah, man. And he talked about like, well, we wanted to have like finishes, like someone actually gets punched and then they get knocked out. And and it was like, and he openly admitted like some of them didn't work. Some of those ideas just didn't work. Even like, honestly, like evolve evolve started as a company that was, Hey, we have strict rules. We have clear win and loss records. We have this, we have that. This product is going to read differently. They didn't really adhere to faces or heels. They just adhered to wrestlers and they got a lot of golf claps. Yeah. Unfortunately, Gabe Sapolsky has a, a, a pretty good mind. Yes. He's, he's clearly a fan of Japanese wrestling. Yes. And he wants to give people a sports-based presentation, yes. which is something I'm dying for. Yes. 
at the same time, you can have the greatest, you can have a bunch of, you can have fucking 20 Dean Malenko's. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is Dean Malenko, as beloved as he is backstage, is one of the most boring fucks that wouldn't draw a dime. Yeah. In a million years. He might now, from a bunch of hardcore wrestling gooks, gooks, geeks. <laughs> Why'd you stop me from saying racist epithets? I didn't, I, it just kind of came out. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, but the point is, is as much as I want to see that, the people involved still need to be uh, entertaining personalities. Yes. It's so important to be an yeah. entertaining personality. And, you know, CM Punk and Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe, I love Samoa Joe, but he's, you know, he's not known for his amazing personality. Right. I would say maybe a better version of Samoa Joe is Taz, because Taz could cut promos. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, but, and CM Punk, when they were having this trilogy of great matches, he could cut promos. They just got to find, they, you can have that sports presentation. We got to wrap this show up. Yeah, man. Um you just need the entertaining personalities. And unfortunately, trying to find somebody with that actual skill or talent. Yes. Uh, and having the skill or talent in the ring uh, is is a challenge. One last tip for people that are trying to be a referee. Wear slacks. Wear a belt. Shave your facial hair. Look official. What if you have a tight beard? As long as it's groomed. Oh, okay. Uh, you're saying right. don't show up looking like a fucking bum with the ass cracks. Yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, I'll say that with lot, every. Yeah, there's a lot of people in the <laughs> indies that know what I'm talking about. Bro, I will say that about everyone on the show. I mean, yeah. if you see the guy who's he's like he's going to introduce the ring announcer. Hey, everyone, welcome to the show. Yeah. And it's like, where'd they wake this hobo out? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking in the dumpster or something? What the fuck? He's in there with his Crocs on and yes. shit. It's like, yo, ponytail guy, get the fuck out of here so we can watch the pro shit. Professional wrestling can only be professional if you treat it professionally. Turnbuckle Boogie is a Devo Looter production and is produced by TJ Fogarty and Cody Hancock with music and web production by Timothy Stiles. If you're interested in booking or information on Cutthroat Cody, please go to cutthroatcody.com and follow us on Instagram at Turnbuckle Boogie. See you next Monday. <laughs>